is an essential element in the creative, is the mysterious. The impenetrable, the profound depth out of which glorious things come, but nobody can see why. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the second episode of Grab the Lightning, which you may now have noticed is called The Troublemakers. I'm your co-host, David Carter. And I'm your co-host, Chris Ford. And here we are to talk about an item that Toby brought up in his podcast, a how-to, a piece of advice for you to explore and maximize your creativity. Maybe we'd spend a couple minutes just talking about how we changed the name of the podcast and why, and then sort of the point of these, I guess what we're kind of calling in-between podcasts, and then kind of the actual podcast itself. Yes. So let's talk about the name change first. Why did we change the name, Chris? That's a a good question, Mr. Carter. Like, as we say, it's never too early for a rebrand, but I think, you know, we'd sent this out to a a few trusted members of the friends and family team and gotten a little bit of feedback. And one of the things some people were wondering is if this thing needed a little bit more of a sharp hook. And I think one of Mr. Carter's friends suggested. Yes, suggested. Well, it was interesting. As he was listening to the podcast, he said the thing that kept coming to mind for him was the famous Apple commercial, Think Different. It was made right when Steve Jobs got back to Apple in the late 90s. And it was a celebration of all the creative um, individuals kind of through history, Einstein, um, and not just creative people, but people that really made a difference in the world. Gandhi, Martin Luther King Jr. The crazy ones. The Troublemakers. Yes. He and I were chatting about it. He brought it up. And as Mr. Ford and I began talking about it, we thought, well, why not make this episode called The Troublemakers? Not this episode, this podcast. Yeah. And I think the way the way it clicked for me was it, it sort of feels like if this, if the whole deal of this podcast is to try and help people find their creative groove or get into the kind of mindset or to use kind of creativity as a weapon for whatever it is they're doing. It feels like the way to do that is to talk to the most interesting creative people about the most interesting creative things they've done. And usually that involves breaking the rules or being a troublemaker or a crazy one or the round pegs in the square holes type of guys and girls. So that's how we got here. That's where we're at. Next week, it might be called something else. So fair warning. Though it is a pain in the ass to update it, so I don't think we'll change the name every week. We shall keep it the troublemakers. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and so that's that. And then the second thing I guess we're going to talk about is a little bit of what's the point of what we're calling the in-between episodes. I think that's right. Is that what we're talking about? Yes, because some of the questions that we're going to be asking our guests are, you know, what are their advice for people who want to maximize their creativity and explore it, strengthen it. And while they will certainly uh, or will prod them into explaining those little pieces of advice and tips, we want to dive a little bit further into what we feel are the most important ones in a separate podcast. So not only diving into it, explaining it further, but also sharing with you guys how Chris and I use those particular techniques currently and in the past in our own work and how that can really be beneficial. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I mean, I feel like when you have somebody who's super interesting and has done something super cool, you don't want to make them explain too much. And so I think the cool thing about these in-between episodes is it gives us a chance to to go deeper and kind of give people some more concrete tools to help apply creativity again in whatever it is they're doing, you know, whether you're a orthodontist in Boise 
or an ad student in New York. Anyway, so that's the point. That's why we're here. And so our first guest was Toby Barlow, who's a terrific creative director. Both David and I work with in New York a long time ago, and he's gone on to do great things and have big creative ad guy jobs. But along the way, managed to write two critically acclaimed novels. And is currently working on other fun, interesting things. Yeah, Toby is always working on something interesting. But uh, one of the things he said towards the end of his podcast that we thought might be the subject for the second podcast was this whole idea of making the stock or making the soup or the soup stock. When To which we were like, what is he talking about? Right. It's a pretty good metaphor, I got to say. As a guy who always makes really bad metaphors, whose kids look at him and go, what is he? What? What? <laughs> Uh, I was like, that's a good metaphor. And also, we should say, if you have not listened to that podcast, we highly recommend you go back and listen to it. Not just because it's our podcast, but because Toby is a really interesting guy. Yeah, and he'll probably actually do this, the, at least the initial setup on the his whole little metaphor about making the soup better than we we will. Let's be clear, but, not making the soup, making the stock. Right, making the stock. That's actually a good point because it's two very different things. And the stock is kind of the base from which all other things you might want to make come from, right? Does that make sense? Yes. Well, I'm not a chef, uh, so I don't know, but it sounds right to me. So essentially, let's talk about what that is, making the stock. And sort of the way Toby explained it is you get a big pot of water and then you literally just throw everything in there. Onions, vegetables, whatever you want in there. And then it just, and you turn it on and with very little preparation or little thought, just throw everything in there. Yeah, I think one of the keys was don't think about it too hard. So when you're throwing things in, you you know, you know, just cut them up a little bit, throw them in the pot. Don't don't worry about if you're into a finely dicing situation or a coarsely chopping situation. Toby said just, not even to to not even peel the onions, just throw them in. <laughs> that's that's amazing. I wonder how that would taste. Um, right. So, I mean, maybe one of the things we could talk a little bit about is like how do we how do we make our stock. What's your recipe for making your stock, Mr. Carter? Well, um, one of the things that I do, and uh, well, let's back up for a second. Maybe we should just explain that in general terms a little bit first, which is, um, so obviously we just explained it in chef terms with soup stock, but when you're sitting down to solve a problem or um, in our world, you know, come up with some commercial or campaign for a brand you don't just immediately sit down and try and figure out what that is you do research you um, find images you write down phrases you literally just pull from everywhere and throw it all onto a piece of paper or um, a document on your computer i think i would say probably a google doc would oh, be a good thing chris loves his google docs <laughs> But yeah, you could put it wherever you want. Um, so uh, for me personally, one of the things that I do is I try to I try to get inspired first, and there are a number of ways, particular things that I do. Um, and because we are in a quote creative field, uh, I go to creative sources, and I don't I don't look at um, other ads or commercials uh, per se. Um, I step outside of that world into just broader creativity in general. One place that I go, uh, and I'm going to pimp their website for them, is designspiration.net, um, which has essentially become, it's sort of like a Pinterest, I guess, if you, 
I'm not a big Pinterest user, but uh, for designers and designers will put all kinds of uh, posters, typography, furniture. I mean, everything you can, everything that is even loosely related to design is on there. So for instance, um, the other day for whatever reason, I was looking at wood floors. So I type in wood floors on this website and there are like three images of wood floors, but then pages and pages of other other items and whatnot that have been tagged with, you know, hashtag wood. And so I spent like, you know, easily a half hour just looking at all of these different images. And you, what you discover, what I discover um, on sites like that, and it, again, it could be Pinterest, it could be a museum, it could be whatever. But what I discover is, especially the things that really jump out at me, is that someone has solved a problem uh, in a real, really unique way or creative way. And just one thing that just pops off the top of my head is I, as I'm scrolling along, there was a, a table, uh, a wood, t- wood table, which was, you know, expertly crafted. And it looked like somebody had spilled a giant tub of chocolate on the table and it was pouring and dripping off the sides of the table. And then as you look closer, what you realize is that the quote chocolate was actually also wood and had been carved into these very liquid looking shapes um, as if it was pouring off the table like chocolate. And I thought, oh, that's really cool. And it's a really interesting, unique idea for a table. Um, but it was, you know, obviously the the craftsman had the idea to figure this out and, uh, and you made it really interesting. So you find unique solutions to problems uh, on sites like that. And they're not your problems, but you kind of, and then you kind of backtrack it a little bit to say, how did they arrive at this solution? And I find that's also a really interesting exercise because then you can kind of apply that same kind of template, uh, if you will, to the problem that you're trying to solve yourself. I, I, it's a, so that's interesting because um, it sort of feels a little bit like that's a way to come at a problem sideways. I don't know if this makes any sense, but like it feel it feels like one of the things I like to do when I'm I don't know making my stock is is to try and find a different doorway into the problem. So to find somebody, someone or a writer or someone else who's kind of s- seemingly solved a similar problem or that problem but through a different point of view and it seems like Maybe what that design, I don't know, is it designinspiration.net gives you is a, is a way to kind of see it from a different angle, which I think, I think yeah, that's what very, you're saying a little bit. Yeah, it very much does because, um, and I should, pro- I should have probably had better examples for this podcast, but uh, you see, you know, like a poster where somebody is trying to communicate something and they do it in a way where, you know, they use shadows or they use like a letterpress technique that's part of the communication of the idea that they're trying to communicate uh, rather than just, you know, splashing the type on the page or, you know, like, again, some of the other really cool things I saw when I typed in wood floors, like I would, you know, discover these like wood boxes that were really interesting and unique. And, you know, there's just, there's so much on that site, depending on what you search for, that you just find really interesting, unique solutions. So that for me, from like, from an inspiration standpoint, again, like I said, I, I always have to start with inspiration 
Um, and that's one way to do it, certainly just while you're sitting at the computer. But um, I think both Mr. Ford and I would highly recommend museums, art exhibits, movies, books. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I guess uh, strangely for me in this day and age, like I, if it's strange, I mean, not strange, it's just different. Like you tend to start with inspiration and I'm like, I get into this place where I feel like I want to get as grounded in the problem as possible. So I love to go and like read about whatever it is I'm going to work on from as many points of view as I can. So like, uh, you know, what, you know, what are some editorial takes on it? What are people writing in magazines and online blogs about, uh, when it comes to whatever this thing is that I'm supposedly working on. One of the weird places I started going is when I start working on things is I go to Glassdoor a lot because I love to see what people who work for the brand or for the company or for the product or whatever it is think about working there, which is kind of a strange way to get insights into the place. But a lot of times when you a problem is given to you to solve for whatever it is you're doing, it comes from the point of view of the person who's asking you to solve it, and they may not be telling you everything you need to know. Surprise. That's a very good um, point. <laughs> So that's one of the things I I like to do is kind of like get as grounded in the brand as possible. I love to go out and find things about a brand or a product or whatever it is I'm working on that I feel like maybe the people who are asking me to solve the problem might not know because I kind of, um, I don't know, I think it can kind of help convince people that you kind of are doing your homework. There's an interesting contrast because I, I'm, as I'm sitting here at my desk, I have a uh, I have a fountain pen sitting over here. And as you were talking about that, I was, I was thinking about, so if you were, again, Chris and I work in advertising and, um, which is a very distinct kind of creative field on its own. But if I were a, you know, a fountain pen designer, um, or if I was going to try and design a fountain pen, certainly like, like Chris was saying, you would, you would dive in and probably buy a whole bunch of different fountain pens and figure out how they work and how, how to use them, et cetera. But there's an interesting paradox between knowing everything about the problem that you're trying to solve while simultaneously being able to look at it like a total beginner, because that is the way a consumer of fountain pens or whatever is going to look at it. Like, does this just work as a pen versus I don't need to know all the technical stuff that goes into it and why that's cool and why that's better, blah, blah, blah. But as just a user of the pen, is it a better pen? So being able to maintain, knowing as much as you do about whatever the problem is you're trying to solve while also being able to look at it like a true beginner, which is an interesting practice. Yeah, it's it's kind of hard. <laughs> I think, well, I mean, I think that's the beauty of Toby's analogy of making the stock is, is like with the stock, you, there's no thought. So you can just put as much as you want into the pot it, that, you know, there's a, there's a future podcast called straining the soup or something like that. But it is it is super interesting in that you kind of gotta you gotta put all this stuff in and ultimately at some point you will have to you will have to edit it and filter it out and 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 use your kind of instincts and judgment to kind of pull the most interesting components of what you found into your solution for whatever it is you're doing. So from an you know an inspiration standpoint and kind of making that stock, one of the other things I like to do is um, whether it's in a sketch pad uh, or even just opening a doc on the computer, I'm a visual person. So I will just pull images and throw phrases on there and start to just throw combinations of things together that kind of make me 
feel a certain way. Like I always, I always think with different projects and certainly with working on brands, uh, certain things have a very distinct feeling. They give you some sort of emotional uh, vibration, if you will. And if a brand has a certain kind of feeling about it, you wouldn't necessarily put a piece of communication together that has a completely opposite feeling to that. So I, as I start to pull images, images and whatnot, I pull things that just from a feeling standpoint, give me the feeling that I kind of recognize in the brand because a lot of communication is, is emotional and nonverbal. And so finding those feelings that resonate together, I think is an important part of making the stock for me as I'm just like throwing it all in there again, not overthinking it or analyzing it, but just what do these combinations of things make me feel beyond what they might actually say? Again, I'm going to say that's interesting because I'm a writer by trade and I know you're an art director by trade, but like, I still feel like as much as I want to spend my first hours with whatever it is I'm working on getting to know it and reading about it, I do love to just open a keynote and throw images random images into it and just and put phrases against it because i feel like i don't know there's probably some definition for that term lateral thinking but i feel like when you're making your stock however you can juxtapose interesting things together is where you you accidentally surprise yourself and find start to find what look like potential solutions where you take a set of words and throw them against a photo or you find a photo that looks amazing but you don't know what words go on it so you try and put some words against it and it starts to it starts to take you down creative paths which i think is you know like another reason why this metaphor of making the stock is so good is it's like when you don't think too hard about what ingredients you put in the pot you never know exactly what it's going to end up being or tasting like and a lot of times you can surprise yourself with something really, I don't want to beat this. No, please let's. Death, but like something <laughs> that tastes really good. Uh, but I think gathering images and just, you know, having tools where you can kind of free associate, I guess is what I'm saying. could be super useful. Yes. And again, because we come at this, we're looking at this from our, from our advertising creative backgrounds. Um, the metaphor applies again to anything, whether you're, whether you want to come up with a new kind of fountain pen or a new kind of water bottle or a new kind of machine that cleans the oceans from garbage, whatever it is, you still have to make the stock by learning as much as you can and just looking at everything that exists within that space that you are trying to create something. Yeah. I mean, one of the things I like to do is like, and I don't know if this is exactly applies to making the stock or not but like to me getting whatever problem i'm trying to solve i like to kind of go to wherever that problem is so whether or not it's a product or a thing and it means going to visit the store where it's at or where it's made i feel like there's just a lot of value in in going going and seeing and touching and doing and listening and watching people interact with whatever it is and um seeing it in real life versus just trying to crack the problem you know alone in your office i think there's a lot of i guess the bad the bad analogy would be like it's the shopping for the ingredients that you're going to put in your stock but like going out and kind of just getting out in the world i think is a super value to that end i'll just a little anecdote so at a certain point in my career i was commuting back and forth from minneapolis to new york uh every other week and I'm not an architect, but I am a fan of architecture and had always wanted to see some of Frank Lloyd Wright's buildings in particular, obviously the most famous one, Falling Water. So I made a point uh, one time uh, where I was 
going to be in New York and I was going to be there for the weekend, I made a point of traveling to Pittsburgh, renting a car and driving out into the countryside just so I could go see an experience firsthand walking through that house. I mean, you, you know, you've seen a million pictures of it online inside and out, but it's a very different experience when you're there in the middle of those woods walking through that space with other people. Cause you know, obviously it's a tourist attraction now. And so there's lots of people there, but walking through that space and again, looking at it kind of with a creative eye, like how he solved certain problems or why he used certain textures or whatever it might be. It was a pretty profound experience. Like there is a very definite vibe you get when you walk through that space which I think was was very intentional when he designed it that way. And so, again, getting out into the world and experiencing the great works, whatever they might be, whether it's architecture, art, whatever, even just going to a magazine store and, and you know, paging through magazines. Do they still have those? And again, I remember, I don't even remember exactly what I was working on at the time, but the um, just the inspiration and the feeling I got from that place just kind of just turned your brain on. Um, to be excited about thinking in new ways about problems. I just I just went and bought a bunch of magazines the other day, and I I think like another. It's just a great way to kind of like free associate, put strain. You know, you have whatever's going on in your head as you're looking at all these different images, and you and you're just putting as many things in front of your your eyes and your brain as you can, hoping that uh, sooner or later these two strange things are going to kind of align and come together and click and be a cool solution or idea or, you know, whatever. Indeed. You know, one of the other things I wanted to, to add, I can't remember if Toby said this in his podcast or not. It's probably bad. I should go back and listen to it. Part of the making the stock thing is if you really think about that metaphor, you're in the kitchen, you're using your hands, you're putting this stuff together. Again, you're not thinking about it. You're just, but you are doing something. And I think the act of doing triggers different areas of your brain because I know when it happens, whether I'm either just building random things in a document on the computer, and it also happens when I'm sketching or writing in a, a notebook. But when your hands are moving and doing something, other ideas that you hadn't previously thought about just start flowing. So there is the act of doing, I think, triggers more inspiration and more ideas, more creativity. So again, this kind of goes back to don't just sit in a chair and stare at the wall make the stock, do something. Well, there was, I don't know, there was something on, I'll just say 60 minutes because I feel like it was always 60 minutes even if it wasn't. But there was a study that someone publicized recently about how the students who took notes by hand rather than taking notes did see that. via computer actually had a greater connection and retention of the material based on the fact that their brain has to closely listen to what is being said, then they has to distill it and edit it and condense it and then write it. And then the, the whole act of doing that from brain all the way to the like pen on paper creates uh, just a, a better connection, overall understanding of the material. And so, I mean, there is definitely something to the act of picking up whatever it is and doing it. Even if you're just doodling, I think. <laughs> If you've if you've if you've got the problem you're trying to solve just kind of tucked away in your brain and then you just start doodling, something will happen. So I think maybe we should recap for everyone, Mr. Ford. Yeah, so I mean, all right, so because we are gonna beat this metaphor <laughs> into the ground. I think but it's, a it's good really one and it works. Making the stock it making the stock is about 
getting the ingredients, whatever those ingredients are that you feel like you need, whether it's visual or the written word or just plain research visiting or seeing just plain research. Um, it's the actual act of doing that, of connecting with the material or the imagery or whatever it is. And then I think the last thing is it's this, the idea of when you make the stock is you put it on the stove, you put the lid on it, you hit simmer and you go away and you let the back of your head or your subconscious or whatever you want to call it kind of think about the problem while you do something else. Very true and very effective. Yeah. And there's, I was just going to mention, there's a book I got a long time ago and it was an old book and it was called, it was a really literal title, which I, I thought was pretty awesome for what the content was, but it's called the technique for producing ideas. And we'll put these things in the show notes, but I was like, Whoa, what's this? And everyone was like, this is the best book for how to have an idea. And I was like, wow, someone actually wrote a book. Like you can actually, someone actually defined how you have an idea and crystallized it enough that it could be focused into a book, a short book. But the whole point of the book, the net net takeaway is like procrastination and letting ideas kind of slow cook in the back of your head or in your subconscious is critical to kind of to, to creativity. And I was like, so thankful someone finally gave me permission to like, want to go fuck off and go to a baseball game or <laughs> in the uh, middle of the day. A movie or just not yeah in the middle of the day, not bang my head against, you know, this uh, word doc trying to write a script or a headline or whatever, and just kind of let the back of my head handle it. I thought that was kind of one of the um, better moments as a creative person I had, I, I I was convinced for so long that, you know, you just have to keep hammering away at the problem and, and sooner or later, you know, greatness will pop out of you is not always. I'll actually, I'll actually bring that back around to the, the name of the podcast. So when we named the podcast, Grab the Lightning, which we still really like, and obviously this, we feel like this podcast is about grabbing the lightning, lightning being creativity and, and channeling that into solving problems in unique ways. Our subconscious and input from other people kept working. And we, I think, feel we got to a better place and a more certainly catchy, hooky title with the troublemakers. So the creative process is always happening. And at some point there's a deadline and you just have to put your pencil down and that's what you have. And we gave ourselves a deadline, had grabbed the lightning and then, but we made it better. Yeah. I think uh, it can always be better. And a lot of times just for an, a, a discussion for another podcast is don't don't be afraid. Don't feel like everything has to be perfect before you move forward. Just try it. And if it doesn't work, try something else. Can always change it. All right. There you go. That's our first follow-up podcast for the newly titled The Troublemakers. Make um, the stock. I was going to say the last thing I wanted to say was if I think we'd love to answer questions specific people yes. have because I think that will help. People under, like David always says, we come at creativity from the context of, of two guys who've worked in advertising for a long time, but creati creativity can be applied in any anything you do. Like I said, making a new fountain pen. Right. From advertising to making fountain pens. But I think it would help people better use some of the things we talk about if we were to answer specific questions for people who work in all kinds of weird and random fields or have different problems they want to solve. And so probably the best place to ask a question would be on Twitter. Which we would love if you all followed us on Twitter and also Instagram. And I've changed this and it was hard to get the troublemakers on Twitter, believe it or not. <laughs> Surprise. 
So we're going to put our Twitter handle. And Instagram handle. Instagram handle. And um, you can also ask a question on Facebook. I think we have a Facebook page too. Yeah, we should ask who's in charge of that. Oh, Chris is in charge of that. I'm in charge of that. <laughs> I think I got it all changed. I had to actually request it from Facebook, and so they were going to get back to me if they approved. They were they wanted to make sure it was okay that I changed my name to the Troublemakers, but apparently don't care too much who runs ads for what uh, from what country. <laughs> anyway, all right, oh, no big deal. Snap, snap. <laughs> all right, so I think that's it. Is that it? That's it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Adios. Adios.